Welcome to the Sustaining Healthy podcast, a collection of informative discussions where we empower you with the knowledge to simplify, promote and sustain health. We're your hosts. I'm Chels, coffee enthusiast and ocean lover on the corporate grind who recently realised I have a lot to learn about my own health. I'm Ellen, doctor, nutritionist and dog mum with an interest in preventative and female health. Join us as we unpack a new topic each week and equip you with the tools to navigate the complex landscape of health. Together we wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land from which we're recording on, the Wajak people. Okay, Elle, kick us off. So, should we start with our health win for the week? Yes, we should. Before I tell mine, let's let our listeners know that we're going to start every episode by calling out our biggest health win for the week. Yes, I think it doesn't matter how small or big, and it definitely doesn't have to relate just to physical health, but it's to celebrate the little wins that we might have had, because I think particularly when we're talking about health We can be quick to say what we haven't maybe done so well or what we've failed to do. Okay, well, mine's a bit unconventional, but it's the main thing on my mind right now. You can probably guess it. I just last week, actually a few days ago, got a little puppy. His name is Leo and he's an apricot cavoodle. And I don't think anything in my life has ever made me happier. So he's everything I can think about right now when it comes to my health win. That is the best win. I definitely can't top that. Um, but my health win for the week is quite boring but very important. I have been focusing on trying to get enough sleep. It is the first thing that goes when I get stressed or busy. So making myself follow my own sleep hygiene rules and getting at least eight hours a night has been my priority this week. I'm actually proud of you on that. Thank you. Something I really have to focus on. (laughs) Um, And if you have a health win for the week that you wanted to share with us, you can do over at our Instagram on sustaining.healthy. So, Chelsea, shall we get into the episode? Let's do it, Else. What would you like to chat about today? So, I thought to hit off our first episode, we could have a chat about food and mood. So looking at the role that nutrition plays in our mental health. Okay, sounds great. I've not heard the term food and mood before and I love that. So to kick us off, can you give us an overview of mental health, what we mean by that before we dive into the link it has with nutrition? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really important place to start. I think quite often the words mental health can be interchanged with referring to a mental health condition or diagnosis. Um, But it's also really important to think of it that like we do with physical health, we all have mental health that not only can be affected by different aspects that result in a diagnosis of a condition, but also that's something that we can think about optimising and the factors that affect it. A really good way that I have heard mental health be explained is thinking of it as a spectrum, which I really like. So thinking of mental health conditions or diagnoses such as anxiety, depression at one end of the spectrum, and then 
that we have a whole range of how we might vary day to day depending on what's going on in our lives and then on the other end our I guess optimal mental health. I also heard the term mental wellness recently which I really like. It's not something I've put a lot of thought into but I think when I hear mental health I think of that as a reactive term like something's gone wrong. I like the concept of having positive habits in your life that contribute to mental wellness on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I really like that. And I think um, then it also gives us the space to recognise the things that might help or be not so great for our mental wellness. Um, And so those things are the things that we're going to chat a little bit more about today. Okay, so for today, I think we should just focus on mental health in general including lifestyle factors that affect or can help optimise our mental health and wellness. But in future episodes, we will be bringing on experienced mental health professionals that can further unpack some of the conditions that Ellen mentioned earlier. Okay, so that's about everything I had prepared to speak about today. (laughs) We're only around two minutes in. So, Elle, I'm going to hand back to you. Earlier, you mentioned lifestyle factors and how they contribute to mental health and wellness. Can you talk us through what those lifestyle factors are? Yeah, definitely. So it's really interesting. Some of the lifestyle factors that have probably been recognised with physical health or that they affect our physical health are now being recognised for their influence on our mental health as well. So these are things like uh, not smoking or reducing smoking, alcohol and the role that that can affect our mental health as well as other recreational drugs. So reducing stress and the role that that can play, um, optimising sleep and so how important sleep can be in looking after our mental health and then the role of physical activity and nutrition. And so I want to deep dive into nutrition a bit more today. And so we're seeing that these lifestyle factors are being more recognised as part of treatment and management of mental health. And so the 2020 Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists, their clinical guidelines actually recommend both lifestyle modifications and nutritional support as part of the management of mental health conditions. So it's really important to Note that we're not talking about these lifestyle factors being something that's an alternative for mental health treatment, but that alongside our conventional treatments such as talking therapies, psychotherapies um, and our medications, that we're now recognising more the role that lifestyle plays in supplementing that treatment and management. Okay, well, let's deep dive into nutrition, like you said, and the other lifestyle factors we will cover in future episodes. So tell us more about the link between nutrition and mental health. Yeah, so it's a pretty exciting and growing area um, of research. It's definitely still in its infancy in some areas, but what we're learning is um, that nutritional psychiatry, as it's been named, and there is the Food and Mood Centre at Deakin University in Australia. So there's some really exciting research coming out of there that's looking into the way that different nutrients plays a role in our brain and our mind and the way it functions and how we can optimise people's mental health. So at the moment, research indicates that a healthy diet, one that consists with most guidelines, but particularly the Mediterranean style diet, 
can play a role in both the prevention and management of mental health conditions. So, uh, like I'm sure people might be hoping, but there's no silver bullet or one particular superfood that is going to prevent or treat someone's mental health condition, but that general concepts about a healthy diet and particularly those included in the a Mediterranean diet or a modified version of this is what can look after our mental health along with the conventional therapies that we talked and treatments that we talked about before. So I guess what that means practically is that a Mediterranean style diet is one that's high in fruits and vegetables and particularly having a diverse range, which we know is really good for the gut-brain axis, something that we'll deep dive into a different day. Um, It's one that has whole grains, a large amount of legumes and includes oily fishes, olive oils, nuts and seeds. And then a moderate amount of your lean meats and dairy. And it also emphasises the importance of highly nutritious foods and limiting those that are your kind of energy dense, low nutritious foods. So they're your highly processed or high um, refined sugars. Um, One other thing that's really interesting when we think about the Mediterranean style diet is that it also incorporates the social connection and cultural aspects of the way that food is made. You might hate me for asking this, but all of the foods you just mentioned, what is the actual science behind me wanting to put more nuts, legumes, seeds, oily fish and whatnot in my body? Yeah, so it's quite complex and there's lots of different reasons for the different foods and it's definitely something that's still being researched and we don't have all the answers at the moment but when they've looked at observational studies so studies that have looked at different populations and the diets that they're eating those are the kinds of foods that have had I guess in quotation marks the best mental health or has helped mental health in that way so they're different aspects that have been looked at um, include immune dysfunction, brain plasticity, um, oxidative stress, the gut-brain axis and the different metabolic pathways. And so it's looking at how those different, both the micronutrients and macronutrients play a role in those things. And I am no expert in them, but that is why hopefully we'll have further discussions around those areas. Do you know what that reminded me of? I watched a fascinating documentary last year And it went through every country in the world and ranked them on their diet and health and how that translated to both physical and mental health. What do you think the healthiest country in the world was for diet? I don't know. I mean, was it somewhere in the Mediterranean? I think so. I don't know where the Mediterranean (laughs) is. Uh, Australia was actually quite – was really low. It was Iceland. Interesting. Is that in the Mediterranean? No. But anyway, <laughs> Iceland eat they eat a lot of raw fish. They eat a lot of fish, almost no processed foods, nuts, legumes. Like they showed a typical family and what their food shop for the week included. It was fascinating and they went through every country. Anyway, back to the Mediterranean diet. 
Oh yeah, interestingly, the Mediterranean diet also considers the um, ways in which the food is prepared and so um, emphasises home cooking, social connection um, and homegrown foods and so it's a really interesting aspect of the way that we prepare our meals and the social and cultural aspects that that involves as well as the exact nutrients that we're eating. Okay, so we both know that when I'm looking for inspiration to change my behaviours, I like to have a bit of evidence to base my plan on. So talk to me about research, evidence, studies, what is out there that supports the link between the Mediterranean diet or healthy diet in general and mental health? Yes, so of course, really important that everything we're having a chat about has got an evidence base to it. And so we will make sure that everything we've chatted about will be linked in our show notes so that you can have a look at the research yourself. So there has been a number of cohort and observational studies that support the Mediterranean style diet or generally uh, healthy guideline diets for mental health. Um, But there was a really interesting trial, the SMILES trial, which is really exciting. It was done in 2017 in Australia and it's the first of its kind in terms of being in what we call a randomised control trial. And so it was a 12-week trial that looked at the role that diet can play in supplementing treatment of depression specifically. So it had two different treatment groups. One was a support intervention, so um, a befriending therapy, which is a well-established psychological support therapy, compared to a a dietary intervention that looked at it was a what they called a modified uh, Mediterranean diet that had aspects of it was a combination of Australian and Mediterranean diet and the people that were in both interventions had clinically diagnosed depression and so it was really important to note that they had those two added therapies to whatever they were already on for their depression whether that was medication, psychiatry or psychological support. So they continued their usual management but then had this added intervention. And they found that both groups improved in terms of their uh, results, their clinical depression scale that was used to measure their depression symptoms. But those with that were on the dietary intervention had a significantly increased reduction in their depressive symptoms and so um, what this shows it was quite a small trial so it was a smaller number of it was quite a small number of participants and so it real it's not something that we can say this is definite and there's definitely further research that needs to go into this area but it's really exciting to see diet be recognized as something that we can supplement um, in mental health and mental health um, treatment of different conditions. So although it's really interesting data and I think it suggests that our diet can play a role in addition to what we already know is really important in the treatment of depression, which includes both medication and psychological interventions, it's just a 
the start of an emerging field that is looking into the the role that nutrition plays. So of course it's important to remember that this is only one trial and everyone that did undergo these dietary changes in the trial were under the guidance of health professionals and it was therefore based on their individual health. So although results are, are encouraging any changes to diet, um, particularly if you're already under existing management, should be done under the guidance of a health professional and like I said, not a replacement for medicational treatment. And I think it's really important to note that the the way that the dietary um, intervention was done, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't giving someone necessarily a specific meal in front of them and telling them to eat this, this and this, but it was um, a intervention that was done with a dietitian and was about education. And so it was about also making lifelong changes in terms of someone's diet rather than something that was only going to last 12 weeks. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the evidence behind food and mood, linking the Mediterranean diet with positive mental health. I'm keen to understand not just long-term but also short-term what that might look like. So can you give me any insights into what you do and maybe some easy swaps that you make to align yourself more with the Mediterranean diet? Yeah, I think it's a really great way thinking about food because so often, particularly in diet culture, there's an obsession with food and our physical health, particularly with food and being smaller or thinner, which might not necessarily mean that you're healthier. And so I really like taking that completely out of the equation and thinking about what foods I can be eating to best look after my mind and my mental health. And so they are things like I trying to have um, an oily fish once a week that has really good omega-3s and for my brain. Um, adding nuts and seeds, particularly to things like salads or breakfast porridge, it's a really easy thing to just sprinkle on. You don't really notice it mm, Porridge too season's much. coming. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Delicious. And then thinking about the colours that are in your meals and adding an extra vegetable or an extra colour into that meal. So the, we know that to look after our gut and then in turn our gut-brain axis, the more diverse plant foods, the better. So I try and think about the number of colours that are in my meal and the proportion of my meal that have vegetables in it and just see what extra things you can add. Just sort of my, a bit of, it's not my health win for the week, but you should know I sprinkled crushed peanuts in the salad for dinner tonight. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were coming over. Okay. And what about... You talked before about whole grain versus processed carbohydrates. So what are some easy swaps? Yeah, definitely. I think it's really important to feel like you don't have to go without bread or pasta or anything like that as some extreme diets do. But just swapping even once every now and then, um, whatever you can or whatever I can manage is uh, a whole grain pasta or whole grain bread or rye or brown rice rather than white are just really easy swaps. Okay, so so I feel yeah, like I, I feel like we're approaching the end of the episode and you've given a few insights into your lifestyle that I might take away and implement myself. 
Do you have any final tips and tricks for me before we end the episode? Not necessarily tips and tricks, but I think I just want to reiterate that we can think about the different lifestyle and nutrition aspects that we can do to look after our mental health, but also that these are not at all the be-all and end-all and it doesn't mean that anyone has, in quotation marks, failed or done anything wrong if they're having difficulty with their mental health or poor mental health. These are just things to consider along with so many other aspects that do influence our mental health. So I guess in summary of today, there's growing evidence to show that a healthy diet is beneficial for both our physical and mental health. And currently at the time of recording, the most evidence is to support a Mediterranean style diet. And who knows, this might change in the future. But also we've just shown that further research is definitely still needed in this emerging field. And it's really interesting to keep Uh, watching what happens in the future and that of course any interventions need to be guided by the health professional if anyone wants to read further about what we've talked about today or have a look at any of the references they'll all be in the corresponding blog posts okay well thanks Elle that ends our episode for today and our first episode of sustaining healthy I want to thank everyone for bearing with us I read an article recently that said your first few podcasts is kind of like the first few pancakes and there just might be some bumps initially they taste delicious but might not look that good (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't correlate at all to what you're listening to (laughs) Uh, alrighty let's wrap it up we can't wait to hear your thoughts on today's episode you can find us at sustaining dot healthy um if anything that we've talked about has been triggering for you or you're concerned at all about your mental health the number for lifeline is 13 11 14 and you can also check out our blog post at www.sustaininghealthy.com that has a discussion on the topics that we've talked about today including all of the references And just a reminder, our intention for this podcast is to share information for creating and sustaining a healthy lifestyle. And although the information discussed is based on knowledge gained through medical and additional studies, it is general in nature and for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended to be in any form specific medical advice or recommendations or replace any form of treatment. All health queries and concerns should always be sought through your treating health practitioner with regards to your individual circumstances. The opinions in this podcast are solely of those of the individual and do not in any way reflect those of their employers or training facilitators. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) See you next week, Chelsea.